Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. talking to Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show on Twitter. You can obviously hear him uh, many of these same Fox Sports Radio stations. Tonight uh, in L.A., late tonight, what's going to feel like to me, I'm going to watch LeBron play at Staples Center. Never been to see the Lakers play at Staples Center before. You're in L.A. You've been a part of LeBron mania. What would you say about LeBron? Never been to a Laker game? Never been to a Laker game. Now Ever. you're sitting. You're sitting in. I haven't even bought my tickets yet. I'm looking at StubHub. I know so, roughly what they're going to cost. So you know, there's two different Laker games, right? Yes. Upper bowl. Yeah, we're not going to lower be, bowl. Yeah, we're going to try to get into the lower bowl. So I want to be. Are down. you aware of Laker lighting? Uh, I have not. Okay, so Laker lighting. This goes back to the old days of the Forum before it was Great Western Forum. Yeah, and they they brought it to Staples Center, where only the court is lit. Oh, that's amazing. Right? It's yes. really, really cool. Clippers don't have that. Yeah. Okay? And only the Lakers, and you'll see them, you'll, you'll see right when the game starts, right when it tip off, all of a sudden, they Boom. cut all the lights except for around the court. Oh, that's it's really cool. It's like a cool. stage. It goes back to the old Jack Kent Cook days. Oh, that's so an it's awesome kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, also, obviously, like, lower bowl is, it's more about being there, being seen. Yes. Upper bowl is real fans. Well. But there is no, there is no mixing of it. Yes. Okay? It is, it is, what was it from Harry Potter, the, the, uh, the muggle. Muggles, and the, uh, yes. You're yeah. either you're either a muggle or you're a wizard. Yes. Um, I, I I'm going to try to. I don't. First of all, I'm not going to pay like ten thousand dollars or something for a ticket, but I am willing to pay to be able to be close to the court. I've seen LeBron play in person only once. I saw him play uh, in Memphis against uh, the Grizzlies back when he was with the Cavs, and so I feel like this is an experience I need to uh, yeah. to, to check out as a yeah. sports fan in general. What would you say as a guy living in L.A. and spending time kind of covering uh, and, and talking and certainly paying attention to LeBron in general, what is the verdict on LeBron 
you know, 10, 10, 12 games in so Full far. disclosure, my best friend in basketball is an assistant on the staff of Miles Simon. Yes. Okay. So, and so this is, this is not a shared opinion between me and him. Yeah. But I'm a little disappointed. To you be expected more. It's it's not necessarily in the wins. Like I I watch him and I do think that part of him he's trying to do what Luke wants. He's trying to evolve as a player. It's really hard. It's hard. Like you're doing a solo radio show, right? And so if somebody says if you do a solo show for 15 years, and then somebody goes like, "Hey man, we want you to work with a couple co-hosts. We want you to share." You're the in ball, a three man now, right? Yeah. It's it's hard, and you'll try and he's trying to make it work. Yep. But but even all of those guys still, when push comes to shove, they, they they want him to lead, and there just hasn't been an entire game where he is bouncing, and you feel like he's like I'm gonna drop forty just so everybody knows I'm still LeBron James. Yes, there are moments in which he kind of quickly takes over a game, hit a three, get a drive, get to a free throw, get a steal, get a dunk, get a rebound, get an assist. You're like oh, oh. but then he just. I don't know if he's trying too hard to please. I don't know if he's older and he's really just pacing himself in important parts of the game. Or maybe you combine those two things with the fact that he might not have that gear anymore or as readily available. But I'd say I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, I'm also disappointed, you know, and I, I should have known. Lonzo Ball didn't really have an offseason to work on his game because of the knee um, he had some. There was when Rondo was out with suspension. He played well. He hasn't played particularly well since. Um, Kuzma can score. Doesn't really do much else, but continues to show he can score. You know, I, I uh, Ingram hasn't been as good as people would have hoped in year three. But just for LeBron, I just at one point I want him to just grab the ball and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm still." the best, one of the two or three best players in the game. And all of these other guys, from Giannis to KD to Steph, uh, we haven't seen James Harden because he's been hurt, seem like they've had a game where you're like, damn, I forgot how good that dude is. Yes. We haven't seen it from LeBron. Well, I'm excited to see him in person tonight, see the Lakers show, uh, the stage, as you put it, uh, tonight. So I'll be there, and I'll give you a review Laker on lighting. Uh, Thursday morning. And then, of Laker course, lighting for sure. Laker girls. <laughs> that's, they, that's all they say when they get done. Laker girls. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Interestingly enough... There's a lot of drama happening in the NBA right now. Well, interestingly to me, at least, and to a lot of folks, there is LeBron drama. Clay's going to go see LeBron and the Lakers tonight, probably in the lower bowl to be seen against the Blazers. Could be a good game. Should be a good game. Portland's one of those teams that's probably a top-four seed in the West. I, did you see, Danny, I know you're a big NBA guy, and I know all you guys are, as a matter of fact. Did you see that... I can't remember who it was, but there are some executives that now think that because of the Jimmy Butler move, the East is now a better conference than the West. I did see that story, yeah. I don't think I can get there. No. I'm not really sure I can get there from top to bottom because I mean, there's we, still we some talk- really bad teams in the East. Yeah, and we talked about this on the show yesterday morning that we still think the Sixers have a lot to prove because yeah. obviously there's a couple of teams in the East that came out smoking hot like the Raptors. Now, is that going to last all the way through the postseason? Doubt it. But the fact that somebody's going to sit there and say that the East is better now than the West, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I say the Sixers are the fourth best team in the East. The thing with the West... I had to say it right now. The West has been off to a little bit of a slow start, and you, yeah. you hear some talking heads on TV and radio saying, well... 
This is why the Lakers have a chance now because the West isn't as good as what people were hyping. I think it up that's to gonna. Be. I think that's gonna change though, and I also think that the West is good. Like I think that the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Blazers, that those teams. I'm not saying they're yeah. gonna make the finals because the Warriors are gonna win the championship again. I believe, and that's where we're headed here in a second. But well, what just I, happened I just to that, the Nuggets? Uh, the Nuggets losing their last four in yeah. a row. That's what a lot of people think is gonna happen to the Raptors. So time will tell. But, you know, it's a long season. It's just like baseball. It goes on and on and on forever. It's too long. It's too it, it long. Really, Clay's right. Really the is. season should start on Christmas Day. That's one thing that I've agreed with him on from the outset. But one of the things that he says a lot is that the NBA is not a league. It's LeBron James. And we have all kind of discussed the fact that the NBA is a reality show. And I have said that there's no reality show quite like sports. I've also made the point that our modern-day superheroes in this culture are our athletes. Even though you might want to think it's the military members or the first responders or the police and fire, as it should be, the entertainment side of it, because the superhero genre, you can't really separate what they do in the stories from what they are in our lives. And in general, they're entertainers. And of course, we lost Stan Lee at age 95 two days ago, one of the most iconic names, maybe the most iconic name in terms of the creation of those worlds and those heroes. He's sort of a modern day Walt Disney in a lot of respects and was a wonderful man who did a lot of great things and certainly gave us a lot of entertainment. The NBA on court product is still good, but there hasn't been that much drama over the past few years except for what LeBron is thinking, how LeBron is feeling at that time, and the Golden State Warriors. So, of course, the Warriors are at it again, with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green getting into it a couple of nights ago in what turned out to be a loss in overtime to the Clippers, and the reason it was a loss is because after Draymond Green grabbed a defensive board, he took off down the court to take the last shot, fumbled the ball away out of his hands trying to dribble it, And the Warriors ended up not being able to break the tie, and they went into overtime and lost. And Kevin Durant, at the time that Draymond Green lost the ball, was over on the side clapping his hands, saying, hey, get me the basketball. Because, you know, he's Kevin Durant. And Draymond Green is not out there for his offense. He is not an offensive superstar. Now, he may be an offensive superstar, but he's not an offensive superstar. He's not the guy you want taking the last shot. He's out there for his defense and his rebounding and his toughness and his Rodman effect or his Barkley effect, those kinds of things. If somebody's got to take a money shot, it's Kevin Durant. That's not hard. So you play 48 minutes, you end up having to play the extra frame, and you lose the game. You put it all on the line. Steph Curry's still out injured, and you end up coming up with an L because of a mistake Draymond Green made. And things got a little testy. It got testy on the floor. It got testy in the locker room. You got Mark Spears and other NBA guys out in Golden State saying this is the worst dust-up that this team has seen in this dynastic era that we've seen over the past half decade or so. This was bad. And, of course, the stories then come out. Kevin Durant, he's going to be gone. But those stories were already there. All this did was add fuel to the flames that were already there. But Kevin Durant last night... After the game, uh, the next game, which Draymond Green had to sit out, he was sat down by the Golden State Warriors for this dust-up. Durant played. Durant played well, as a matter of fact. But here's what Kevin Durant had to say when he was asked a couple of questions about this Draymond situation. 
How were you guys able to sort of move past um, anything that, that happened yesterday and just get out there and, and hold off that team down the stretch? Uh, once the ball is tipped, nothing else matters. And uh, I think that's the approach that uh, everybody takes every time they step on the floor. Hey, Kevin, have you and Draymond been able to hash anything out? No. Nah. Do you see that happening anytime soon? I'm sure it will. We got a long season ahead. Did he cross the line with anything last night that was said? I'm going to keep that in house. That's what, that's what we do here. I know you guys got a job to do, but I'm not trying to get nobody no headlines. What happened, happened. We're trying to move on. Just trying to play basketball. Were you surprised he got suspended? I was just focused on the game. I didn't really care either way. I was just focused on trying to come out here and finish this back-to-back off. Kevin, how would you sort of describe your friendship with Draymond? It seems like you guys have been friends for even before you became a warrior. Uh, I don't really think that even matters at this point right now. I mean, we just had a game. Anybody want to talk about the game? About the game. Ask a question about the game. KD, not really wanting to answer questions and acting almost affronted that no one wanted to talk about the seven-point Warriors win over the Atlanta Hawks last night. We've talked about this on this show before, guys, and all your mics are live, and all of you, including uh, Dub here in the studio, we want to hear from you too, but just we have discussed how since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, and you can have your opinion on that however you want to, I can see both sides of it, but I also have always believed that Kevin Durant left because he couldn't beat the Warriors, had them down 3-1, to one, let them claw their way back into that series and win the Western Conference Finals, and then he decided, okay, I can't play with Russell Westbrook anyway, I want to make this easier on myself, and he left. And I thought that it was sort of a weak move. Uh, and now, Kevin Durant has become uber-sensitive, it seems like, in the years that... At first, he never said anything. He never said anything in Oklahoma City. Then he started saying more. You heard him in that press conference... Him saying, hey, we're just trying to move on and all that, that's fine. But he also basically animated because he didn't want to get into things that this probably was sort of a deal. I don't tend to believe this is going to matter long term. I have believed since before this season that Kevin Durant's going to go somewhere else at the end of this year. Not because he doesn't want to play in Golden State or doesn't like Golden State, but because he's starting to care a little bit more about what people think about him than anything else. Anybody that creates a burner Twitter account does that. Danny, how do you see this? Like, Draymond is a guy that thinks a lot of himself, but he clearly was in the wrong here with the move that he made from a basketball perspective. I don't know what was said. We have no idea. We weren't behind closed doors. We don't know just how bad this scenario was. But you can understand Kevin Durant, in this case, being frustrated that a multi-time scoring champion like him didn't get the basketball in his hands to win that game in regulation. Yeah, and and I think as a country, it's human nature for us to love to see things be built up, and then when they crumble, right? It's really interesting and intriguing to everybody, and that's what's going on right now with the Warriors. That's why those reporters were all on Katie's jock trying to get the story because oh my gosh, there's you know uh, a disturbance in the force, and what's going to happen now? And it's got you talking this morning about maybe KD's going to go somewhere else after the season. I don't see that happening. I think Kevin Durant loves it in the Bay Area because he gets to be himself. Now, people may not like who he really is, but he does get to be him, be himself. He gets Rick James tattoos, and yeah. he gets to you know lay in the cut, 
somewhat and not have all the pressure squarely on his shoulders. And as you said, when that was the case in Oklahoma City, he didn't necessarily like it. It wasn't a good position for him to be in. He's not the alpha dog. You know, I think he he likes it when Steph is on the court with him for obvious reasons. So if it was just him, say he went to uh, another team and all of a sudden he's the A player on that team. I that that's that's not his that's not what he likes. It's not his that's not his thing. He he likes to be on one of those uh so-called super teams where there's other stars on the court with him. And that's where he's had the most fun. He says he loves the Bay Area. I believe it. They're about to get into their new stadium in, uh, or arena, rather, in Next San year. Francisco. Yeah. So this is not the time for him to be going to, to another team where then suddenly he has even more of this media attention on him, and he's the guy that's got to answer these questions every single night after every game. I just don't see him leaving. Yeah. I agree, and then uh, you know they're they're moving to that stadium next year, so they the Warriors definitely need Kevin Durant there. And uh, a question that I asked Ben this morning was, do you think if Kevin Durant was under contract right now for three years with the Warriors, do you, do you think Draymond Green would have got suspended? I don't think so. I, I think that's it, a fair question. I don't think he would. I definitely think. I don't think he would got suspended. I think, yeah, I mean, I think I, I do. I agree with you for the most part. I mean, that's Draymond. That's what you get with Draymond, and they know what they get with Draymond Green. This is because it was Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, he's More an so agitator, right? Else. Green, Green oh, yeah. is no, obviously, he's an irritant. Yeah, even in his own locker room, sometimes. So you got to take the bad with the good. Yeah, and yeah. look, Barkley always said you need a superstar, you need a secondary guy, and you need a crazy guy to win a championship. Whether it was Rodman or any number of guys, I guess Ron Artest, if you yep. wanted to talk about guys like that. And Draymond fits that mode. And he does a lot of great things for you. He is an unquantifiably great player in a lot of categories. He's not going to be a great shooter ever. But he's an all-star player. And at times, his emotions run high. And sometimes it's good for the team. Sometimes it's bad for the team. It's so early. They're 15 games into the season and the Warriors are 12-3. and three. So I tend to think this is just kind of what it is at this point. The Warriors are going to be fine. Still think they're going to win the championship. Coming up on the other side, Danny, you got to tell me the story pretty quickly, but Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, explain to me yeah. what we're going to hear in the next segment. All right, I'll try to give you the 90-second version. So back on October 10th, we did an Animal Thunderdome, and Clay read an article from the New York Times about a man-eating tigress that India had named T1. She killed over a dozen villagers, affected thousands and thousands of people, and um, what really caught Clay's attention from the story was that they were going to use obsession cologne to try to lure her out of hiding because it contained civetone in it, which... Uh, big cats love the smell. So of. she was a cougar, <laughs> not a tiger. Oh, play the rim shot. Uh, bad joke there. India had pulled out all their resources trying to catch this T1. That, that was what the huge New York Times article was about. They had brought in all these elephants to trample the tall brush, soldiers to hunt her. They, um, they even sacrificed several horses to lure her. She actually came out, killed the horses, and then hid again. Uh, so they didn't know what to do. Finally, they call in some royal family help in Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, 
who's India's most famous rogue animal hunter. And as Clay is reading this live on the air, he got so excited when it got to this part about the hunter. And he said, man, I can't imagine the stories this guy must have. And then he started thinking out loud and he said, you know, you guys on the show, you don't do much. So he put a challenge out saying, and we do do a lot on the show, but you know, Clay, he thinks we all push a button and walk away. That's literally a quote. Yeah. Uh, he put this challenge out. Uh, Roberto, can you put my computer live right now? Uh, I have audio of what Clay said here. Any one of you right now, any one of the three of you in L.A. or Dub back in Nashville, whoever is able to get Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, the most famous tiger hunter in all of India, on our show will receive a handsome reward. It will be something more than obsession cologne. <laughs> Not going to tell you what it's going to be. So more than the reward, I just wanted to make Clay eat his words because after that on the show, he said he thought that we probably wouldn't be able to do it. And mm-hmm. that started the craziest 24-hour period in my radio career. Now, back when I was programming a hip-hop radio station, I booked Tupac before he passed away. I got Jay-Z on the air. Eminem. Can you get Tupac now? I wish. <laughs> God, he's he's busy in Costa Rica. He might be in India as well. <laughs> Look, I got Eminem in the studio. I got the entire Wu-Tang Clan, even with ODB in the studio, Rakim. There were lots of successes, but I will have to say that this booking for Nawab was the best because of the pressure I felt in that 24-hour period. I made about 27 international calls it, the phone lines, the connections are bad. You can't understand their English because it's so broken. It was so hard. And then his agent started talking about how he wanted money to wow. get him on the air. It, it was Then they finally called me back, and it was the middle of the night, and they called the hotline here, and Coop answered the phone and couldn't understand the guy from India. So Clay threw a fit that next morning, and he's like, you guys are incompetent. This isn't going to happen. And in hour three of that next morning show, I get a call on the hotline, and it was Nawab himself, and what happened after that was radio magic. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Now we've had this tiger hunter, and they got him twice. Clay wanted him weekly. I think he wanted him daily, as a matter of fact. Even though it was hard to get him the first time, Danny G was able to pull it off twice. And you will hear the second of those two conversations tomorrow on this show. But Danny, we were talking during the break. And I figured out because Clay said he was going to reward whoever got this interview. And you went to the World Series on him. I figured, oh, okay. World Series tickets, that must have been your reward. And sure enough, I was right. It was. And then you told me a story. And when we got to the end of the story, I said, oh, well, that must have been great on air. And you said you hadn't told this story on air about what happened at this World Series game. Now, yes, the Dodgers lost. We know this. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Sorry to have to bring back that as we wake up the West Coast here in Hour 3 of Outkick the Coverage. But you've got to tell this story. I'm surprised Clay has not demanded it. Maybe he just doesn't know it because this is right down his alley. It's right down our alley. So you went to the World Series. You got two tickets on Clay because you were able to land this interview. And that second ticket was quite a date yeah so first just to give the uh the the story some context because you know when clay said live on the air okay get two of the tickets from your game time app on your phone that's your reward it was a friday morning show 
So he wanted me to go to game three, which was that Friday night. That turned out to be that 18-inning extravaganza yeah. with the, the Muncie walk-off homer. I wish I had gone to that game, but I had right. a prior obligation. I couldn't go that night, so I got tickets for the Saturday game. <clears throat> the one where Dave Roberts pulled Rich Hill, yeah. who was throwing an amazing one-hitter. So we all know that story. Uh, and I'm glad that Clay didn't ask for specifics because so I had been I met this girl on Match.com probably a month prior to the World Series. Wait a second, wait a second, Daddy. You didn't uh, meet her on Clay's app? <laughs> Remember yeah, that dating yeah, app thing? Yeah, if you don't know, Clay invested in a dating app, uh, not Match.com. So I one of the ways she and I connected was through the Dodgers because she had some cute pictures. And in L.A., if you're dating they'll and you go on a girl's profile, a lot of times there'll be pictures of her basically going to a Dodgers game just so she could dress up in Dodgers gear and look cute and take lots of selfies at the baseball game. So I saw these pictures, and that's how we kind of connected. We were talking Dodgers. They were they were about to go to the playoffs, and so we're, you know, we connected through the blue, true blue. So, you know, when I knew, okay, I need a date for this World Series game, she came to mind. So... I asked her, she, you know, first of all, I asked her for a regular date that Saturday. I didn't tell her what, because I right. wanted, you know, you don't do that. If, of course, a girl's going to say yes to the World Series. So she's just thinking we're going to go hang out for dinner. So she, she's like, yeah, I would love to go to dinner. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Dinner's going to be Dodger dogs because I have World Series tickets. She freaks out, flips out. Oh, my God, you're kidding. No way. Off to a good start, obviously. What a good date to bring somebody to. That was going to be, we had hung out, but not like an official dinner yet. So that was going to be our first date. And I told her, man, that's memorable. What an awesome first date. You know, we could tell our kids about this someday. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't I didn't say that. but Okay. But I she, just wanted to stay quiet and let no, you bail I, yourself back out of that one. Yeah, no, I did not say that. She she already has two kids, so she doesn't need any more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, she shows up for the date. And she gets there a little bit late. I wanted to get to the stadium early enough to where parking wasn't completely Armageddon yet. But she shows up late, and it kind of got off to a weird start because she shows me these brand new white shoes, these tennis shoes she's wearing to match her Dodger outfit. And she's like, this is why I was late. I'm like, oh, God. All right. So she's already taking selfies of her cute Dodgers outfit. And I'm like, man, this is. uh, Are you in these photos? Uh, Some of them. And I'm like, we we better get the W tonight. All right. So we get to the stadium. It's a little bit of a problem getting there, but it was a fun drive. We're having good conversation, good music on the way to the stadium. Stadium's only 10 miles from my house. Still took an hour and 15 minutes to get there because it's L.A. It's the World Series. We park. We go in. uh, We get some drinks. Kobe throws out the first pitch. Amazing beginning to the game. We get to our seats. Uh, I'm in the pavilion, the all-you-can-eat pavilion there at Dodger Stadium. So we get our food, and I'm thinking, thank God, because, you know, I had already spent, what, $200 just to get into the stadium for parking and the drinks. So now uh, we get our food. We sit down. Dodgers get off to a great start. They're winning four to nothing. Puig had that amazing home run where the pitcher threw his glove down because mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> he was so furious that Puig hit the ball so hard. Yeah, Dodgers are rolling at this point. Rolling. And now it's our first official date. Not exactly expecting this girl to be all over me, but at this point, she's kissing on me. She's hugging me. After Puig's home run, she gives me our first kiss. 
And I'm nice. like, yeah, this is good. This is going to be moving a, quickly. Yes, this is going to be a good night. You know, I'm looking for a grand slam at this point. <laughs> and then Dave Roberts. picked off second base. Dave, Dave Roberts steps in because there's a lefty coming up. He decides to take Rich Hill out of the game. Oh, it was a righty coming up. You're right, Roberto. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, as you can see, I've already tried to put this out of my memory banks. <laughs> uh, because of the batter that was about to come up, that gave Dave, Dave Roberts in the analytical front office an excuse to pull him out of the game, even though, in my opinion, he could have had a complete game there and finished. And even if you keep Rich Hill in and he gives up two runs, who cares? You still win 4-2. to two. But the bullpen comes in. We throw our worst relievers none of it made any sense the the, yeah the Red Sox start racking off the Dodger bullpen I was so bad then Maeda comes in and he gives up runs and it it got it went from bad to worse okay we're thinking well rally rally Dodgers have been known the past few years to be able to come back because they have big bats so Kike Hernandez hits a home run and she's kissing me again I'm like oh please let's get this come back just for me as a fan and for the date. Yeah. So after Kike's home run, I get my second kiss, and she is French kissing at this point because she really wants to come back. Goodness gracious, man. So this, this girl loves the Dodgers. <laughs> she really does. Grew up with brothers. She's a total, even though she doesn't look it, she's a tomboy. So, you know, I'm thinking, God, please come back, come back. Nope. Um, you know, pop up to the infield Turner and then uh, Machado pops up or no. Yeah, it was just bad. Uh, so obviously the Dodgers don't come back. They wind up, they wind up losing to the Red Sox. It was a horrible, horrible ending to what should have been a Dodgers W. So now we're, but at least your day is going to go well. Yeah, I mean, she's. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you've yeah. taken her to a world series game. <laughs> it was dramatic the night ahead of you. It's just a loss. I know it's bad. We've all taken really bad beats in sports. Our teams have lost games. I'm a Broncos fan. We lost three Super Bowls. I'm a Braves fan. We lost multiple World Series. It's okay. Everything's good. She's cute. You're in selfies with her. She's a Dodgers fan. You just took her to the World Series. Everything's rolling. Yeah, not so much. So we're walking to the parking lot, and she's not saying a word. She is just quite now. She's holding my, she's holding onto my arm as we're walking. She's a good date, but she's just dead, dead quiet, silent. She had been chatting away the whole time to the stadium, at the stadium, until we lost. And then now we're, yeah, it was crickets <laughs> as we're walking to the parking lot. And what made it worse, there were little pockets of Red Sox fans there in the parking lot celebrating, and we're having to walk past that to get to my car. It was death. So we get to my car, get in. The traffic's horrible, obviously, to get out of the stadium parking lot. And it's just quiet. She's playing music from her phone. She, like, plugs into my, you know, my car cord. Yeah. She's she's the DJ. But she's playing, like, really aggressive, mean hip-hop songs. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this took a turn. Uh, <laughs> Do you now, remember any of the songs? Uh, she was playing, like... Like a very angry Ice Cube song at one point when we were still waiting in line. It, All right. Yeah, and I'm thinking, boy, if she's uh, you know in a angry Ice Cube mood right now, this is not this date is not going to end well. Yeah, it's not uh, Keith Sweat. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Johnny Gill. Yeah, she was not playing nobody from Keith yeah. Sweat. Okay, so right. finally get out of the parking lot. 
she's complaining about that. And also, because of the uphill climb at Chavez Ravine and the cars so close in front of you and behind you, I started burning up first gear a little bit. And she's like, I smell fresh gears. And she's kind of being mean, being a backseat driver, as I'm the one dealing with this mess to get out of Dodger Stadium, right? And I'm thinking, man, she's being mean right now. And as we are leaving um, that area, uh, she says to me, yeah, you should probably know I'm a really bad loser. If my mm. teams lose, I take it personal. And I just kind of look over at her and I'm like, hey, you know what? Me too, but the Dodgers don't pay my bills. So, uh, yeah, I don't work for the Dodgers. We're on Is that a- what you said to her? I told her. I'm like, you know, we're on a- our show is on AM 570, you know, LA Sports. So, Oh, well, I thought you were about to Clay Travis that yeah, thing and not job, get the man. name no, right. No, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I, I know what station we're on in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I tell her, but look, I my paycheck says Premier Radio Networks, Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Media. It doesn't say Dodgers. I'm like, unless the Dodgers pay you, you probably shouldn't take it, you know, to heart so badly because they're, you know, Puig and all them. They're at dinner right now, having a good dinner. So let's just, you know, let's not let it ruin our night. We come back tomorrow. We can get it tomorrow. Kershaw's throwing tomorrow, and she just gives me this ugly look, and she's like. Yeah, I think it's kind of over after this game tonight. And I was thinking to myself, man, it seems what's like, over? Yeah, the series or <laughs> a relationship or my series? <laughs> so now we oh your night. So we get yeah. ba- we get back to my pad in Burbank, and she's parked in front of my building, and uh, we. I, and I'm thinking at this point because it was not a fun ride home, and I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way she's going to come upstairs. I, I can feel it. So we get by her car. I walk her to her car. We make out a little bit in front of her car, and it's good. But she's she's just not obviously the way she was after Puig's home run or after Kike's home run. It's a whole different her. And she stops the kissing, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm just in a really bad mood. I'm sorry. I'm just really irritated. We should not have lost that game. I can't believe it. I want Dave Roberts fired. Wow. We're, we're making out, and she's talking about firing Dave Roberts. <laughs> And, it hurts uh, the confidence right there. <laughs> so she's like, I might have to give you a rain check, you know, on a nightcap. And she goes to her car. Yeah. Doesn't even look at me as she's pulling away. And uh, I walk upstairs just wishing that, uh, you know. Oh, no. You never see. wanted a Dodger win more in your life. <laughs> now, here's what I could have done. I could have pretended like I went to the Dodgers game. And I could have took the check from Clay and just pocketed the cash. Yeah, you probably should have. Looking back, that should have been the move. No, I didn't know that you know they were going to pull Rich Hill and blow that game. But yeah, I walked upstairs and I had never felt more lonely in my entire life as I sat there in my quiet house with no you know blonde girl inside the house with me, and I'm still reflecting on the Dodgers blowing that game. That's a terrible night, Danny. It was really bad. And, you know, I still talk to her from time to time. We went on one other date after that. But it was it was just, it was never the same. For the rest of my life, when I see a picture of Dave Roberts or I see him on TV during a game or in person at a game, because they gave him an extension, um, <laughs> forever now, I am going to think about that in her because of him. 
Thank you, Dave Roberts, for also giving me the L that night. Dave Roberts could be on the offensive line somewhere. He's definitely a blocker. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Join now uh, here in L.A. with Todd Furman. You hear him a lot on the show. You'll see us on Lock It In, the television show that airs at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1, Monday through Friday. I am kicking his ass right now in the gambling universe. I am the king of the show for a second straight week. How much does it pain you, Furman, to see me have this level of gambling success? It's been a real tough pill to swallow. I liked it a lot better for the first eight weeks of the show where you were sitting at the bottom of the standings. I got off to a hot start one. Three out of the first five weeks, Sal and I could pick on you, and then all of a sudden, you put together this tremendous gambling heater. You're like 15-2 and two over your last 17 picks. Every NFL game you bet over the total flies over the number. <laughs> it's actually quite sickening, I'm not going to lie. All right, so let's talk about the NFL. Uh, obviously, this is Wednesday, but we're getting ready for Packers-Seahawks, which feels like an elimination game in terms of playoff chances for the two teams. One team's going to emerge, feel pretty good about themselves. The other team is in trouble. Who's going to emerge with the win? I think when you look at the way road teams have struggled so far in the season on the short weeks, this is no easy road trip. When you're making the trip from Lambeau all the way out to the Pacific Northwest, you're talking two time zones that you have to adjust to. And this is a Seattle team that stayed committed to the ground game this year. Even without Chris Carson last week and their cover against the Rams, they still ran the ball effectively. Now Rashad Penny, who I think was overdrafted by Pete Carroll, showed flashes of brilliance. And when you look at the Packers, will they trust Aaron Jones enough to get the 15 to 20 carries they need to try and shore up a defense that's really struggled for an identity. This one of the more fascinating Thursday night games that we've seen, just for the reasons you mentioned, trying to figure out who's going to be very much in the NFC playoff picture and which one is going to be dealt a death blow uh, to their postseason outlook. All right, other NFL games that are really important as we come down the stretch, either for division title chances or just playoff chances in general. Bengals-Ravens, the uncertainty surrounding Joe Flacco is a big story. So let's start there. If you had to break down the difference between Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, what does that mean from a point total perspective? For me, I make a four-point, four-and-a-half-point adjustment on their power rating. Now, if this was just a short week where Lamar Jackson was thrust into the offense, it's a much different dynamic. But Baltimore has to know that Joe Flacco was going to be out for an extended period of time or could be out, that John Harbaugh is smart enough at this point in his career to build some wrinkles in there, try and figure out how to tailor the offense to Lamar Jackson's skill set, and then you throw into the equation this Bengals defense right now, Clay, that probably couldn't stop you and I from trying to go down the field or pick up 500 yards. You couldn't ask for a softer opponent to start your NFL career not named the Oakland Raiders. And plus, you throw into this the way that Cincinnati has really owned the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe a change in quarterback freshens things up, and there'll be some value here. Uh, But clearly a scenario that the Ravens didn't want to have to try and go through because they still see themselves having a chance to get into that 5 or 6 seed, and the bye came at the perfect time period for them to heal up on the offensive line and try and get that defense recentered after three straight weeks of struggles. What about Titans-Colts? This is a big game, I think, for the Titans because they're coming off two big wins in a row. They got past the Cowboys on Monday night football then they dominate the Patriots but the Titans over the past several years have not been able to kind of take that next step from we're a pretty good team to we're a legitimately good team meanwhile if you are the uh, if you're a Colts fan 
Andrew Luck's been playing phenomenally well. They could win this game, get back to 5-5, five and five, even it up with the Titans, and basically be in the mix, especially if you got lucky, and we'll talk about this one, the Texans going on the road against the Redskins. What happens? Well, you mentioned it. I think the Titans have never beaten Andrew Luck when he's a starting quarterback. Yeah, it's a crazy stat. For the Indianapolis Colts, and while the Colts have shown flashes of brilliance last week, the first half game plan they put together against Jacksonville was a thing of brilliance. But once that script wore off and Jacksonville didn't break down defensively, it's rare to win a game in the NFL and get shut out in the second half in your own building. Now, from an emotional standpoint, can the Titans bring it for the third straight week? We saw them at Monday night with extra time to prepare, go into Dallas and win that game outright behind the strength of their number one points per game defense. The players weren't quiet about how much it meant for them, those that had ties to the New England organization and trying to get after Tom Brady and put a hurting on them. Can you do it again in this type of environment? Line movement suggests that it was a bit of an overlay for the Colts who opened up as a field goal favorite number has moved off the key price point of three but from a situational perspective it's Colts or pass but I may want to try and take a wait and see approach because if the Titans win this game they're very formidable not only to get a wild card but maybe win the division if they get some help meanwhile if the Colts win this football game Frank Reich deserves a ton of for how quickly he's gotten this franchise headed in the right direction. The offensive line they've built is a fortress around luck, the ground game with Marlon Mack, and his ability to mask some of the massive deficiencies they have defensively. I will say one thing. When you look at some of the Titans' metrics, it's hard to figure out what is because you have to look at him over the last two weeks with Marcus Mariota healthy, developing that rapport that I know Titans fans like yourself had sought for so long with Corey Davis and getting Deion Lewis the ball between the 20s, using Derrick Henry as the battering ram. I think Matt LaFleur has finally figured out what pieces he has for this Titans offense, which makes them a scary out for the remainder of the season. What about Texans-Redskins? Uh, this is a matchup of two division leaders. I don't think the Redskins are getting anywhere near the amount of favorable buzz that they should have been getting. And look, let's be honest, the Texans have won six in a row. They've been very fortunate to win a lot of those games. But how do you break it down? The, The Texans are a favorite on the road. These two teams right now are two of the biggest frauds, in my opinion, in the NFL. Now, I know the age-old cliche that you are what your record says you are, but look at the Redskins' performance against the Bucks. You give up 500 yards and somehow you only surrender three points. The Redskins could be down four out of five cogs on their offensive line, which isn't an ideal matchup whatsoever when Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt come in there. But for the Texans, the secondary is their weak link, and the Redskins really don't have that vertical passing game to put pressure on you. This number, Clay, had the game been played last weekend, we'd be talking about a pick The Texans have a bye. The Redskins win a game by two scores and still come out on the other side as a touch, if touchdown, excuse me, a field goal underdog. These are two pretenders that I haven't really had a great read on. I would lean towards the Texans here just because I think the Redskins have been even more fortunate uh, than the Houston Texans have been. What about Eagles, Saints, and Vikings, Bears? Those are two, uh, I would say, intriguing games that are out there. The Saints, I think, have been, so far, the best team in the NFL. I mean, you could make that argument with eight wins in a row, uh, with Drew Brees posting numbers, the likes of which we've never seen before. The Bears, uh, this is an intriguing game, too, I think, going up against the Vikings, because NFC North-wise, the Bears have certainly exceeded expectations. Huge game for the Vikings coming out of their bye. What do you see in these two? Well, Sunday Night Football, I think, offers an excellent chance to back the road underdog Vikings. If you like them and you have the ability to grab three, I don't really believe that number is going to last. Coach Zimmer, one of the best
best in the league in terms of creating a defensive game plan, especially with extra time to prepare against a young quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, who has exceeded expectations so far. You look at his touchdown numbers. Now, I know it hasn't come against a murderer's row of sorts, but you have to beat the teams in front of you, and that's what a young team is going to do. Learn to win. But this is going to be a completely different challenge. The Vikings should have most of their key cogs back on the defensive side. I think Xavier Rhodes dealing with a high ankle sprain will be a lot healthier. We could see Anthony Barr. Dalvin Cook gives him another game breaker in the backfield. Much more dynamic running between the tackles and catching balls compared to Latavius Murray. So if the Vikings believe that they're going to have some say in who wins the NFC, this is a game in the division. You have to go on the road and prove to the Bears that you can win this in prime time. Now the Eagle Saints, I think you're spot on when you talk about the Saints and them being considered the favorite in the NFC. Now, I know the odds don't suggest it because they're behind the Rams, but offensively, there's nobody right now that's shown an ability to stop them. There's a prop offshore you can find. What happens more, Thomas Morstead punts or Drew Brees touchdowns? The over-under on Saints punts for the football game against the Eagles is one and a half. That's unheard of in NFL circles. Philadelphia, I think they're, they know that their back's against the wall, but they're at not seven and a half, eight, nine-point underdog, depending on where you look. The Eagles are going to score. I don't trust their defense as banged up as it is to get stops. Would lean towards Philly with the points, and I think the game goes over the total. All right, a couple more NFL games. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can hear us and watch us every single day on Lock It In, FS1, 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific. What do you see in Cowboys-Falcons? Two, four, and five teams. The Falcons coming off of a really atrocious performance, let's be honest, on the road against the Browns. Cowboys got a huge win against the Eagles when everybody had given them up for dead. What happens on Sunday? Two teams, Jekyll and Hyde, situationally speaking, the only case to be made here would be for the Falcons as a home favorite uh, laying a modest three points. Dallas hasn't shown enough consistency that they can build off of one great performance and carry it forward to the subsequent week. One week you get them at their best, another week you see them struggle, and they've relied so much on their defense. Now maybe the offense is figuring it out. We saw Ezekiel Elliott go bonkers like he seemingly does every time that they play the Eagles and he's healthy. Atlanta on the other side, I think they'll see a boost defensively with Deion Jones if he can be out there for maybe 60 to 70% of the defensive snaps. Offensively, the Falcons are going to put a lot of pressure on that Cowboys secondary. And you hate to say it and use hyperbole for you know week 10 or week 11, wherever we are in the season, that this is a must win. Whoever loses this football game is going to be behind the eight ball. I think the Falcons have to be much more desperate. Dallas, of course, They win this game on Sunday and have a short week to play the annual Thanksgiving traditional matchup. All of a sudden, we're talking about Dallas not only sneaking in as a back-end wildcard team, but still very much in the discussion to actually win the NFC East. We had uh, an, an interesting couple of games last year between the Steelers and the Jags. Right, The Jags go on the road, pick off Ben Roethlisberger, I think it was five times the regular season, beat him. Then they go on the road and pull off the big upset in the playoffs. Uh, Blake Bortles probably made $50 million nearly just based on this game standing alone. The Steelers are going on the road. They seem to have gotten their mojo back. Uh, They are, I know we've had a lot of Le'Veon Bell drama surrounding them, but everything else considered, have the Jags quit? Is this more about the Jags than it is the Steelers at this point in time? I don't want to say they've quit because we wouldn't have seen the inspired effort in the second half against the Colts last week. And they very easily could have folded the tents. It's 29-16 at the break. You've had a thousand miscues defensively in the first half with Colts tight ends running wild. Eric Ebron, like he did in his college days, going absolutely bonkers. So I don't want to say they've quit. But this is clearly a tough spot against an offense that's much more dynamic, that has revenge on their minds. 
But we talk about it this time of year, whether it's playing in Tampa, whether it's playing in Miami or playing in Jacksonville. Teams coming from cold climates, going into the heat, it's a little bit different. It takes a toll on your body. If you're wearing black jerseys with that sun beating down on you, the Pittsburgh Steelers stock is at an all-time high. Everyone saw them drum the Carolina Panthers 52-21 to on Thursday Night Football. You're going to want to keep tabs on James Conner because if he can't go, the Steelers need a ground game. You can't be one-dimensional against the Jags. So for me, I'm of the mindset that this is Jacksonville's last stand as a six-point home underdog. I'm just not running in the window to bet the Jags because if they do get behind, I have zero confidence in Blake Bortles ability to race an early deficit. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can watch us Monday through Friday, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Lock it in as the show. Furman is upset because I'm on a roll and he's taking some L's That's going to stop. I mean, <laughs> you enjoy it while you can because there's no way you're going to keep up this torrid heater you're on picking winners and not only college football but the NFL. And heaven help us if you start the season hot betting college basketball. I just might not show up to work or I'll see if one of your three boys wants to come out to Vegas, fill in admirably for and flip coins to try and compete with you. All right, here is uh, the only couple of questions that I think are out there about college football. And again, we're talking with Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. I think there are two hypotheticals as we look at the four playoff teams right now. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan right now. Not very complicated. What happens if one of these two things happens? From a odds maker perspective, how would you break this down? Alabama loses to Georgia well, in the SEC. We don't even title have to game. lay out the scenarios because, I mean, from an odds maker standpoint, yeah. I can tell you right now, Alabama and Clemson, or Alabama is a cut above everybody in the country. Clemson is a clear cut number two. Michigan right now is in third entirely on their own. And when you look at Michigan, because I think I know where the argument you're going to make is going to be about the head to head matchup, should we be talking about Michigan and Notre Dame vying for one spot in the playoffs? Yes. Michigan lost that game at South Bend early in the year, and the Irish are a much better football team. But if those two teams were to play on a neutral field this coming weekend, Michigan would be right around a touchdown favorite. And for me, I want the best teams on the field. I'm not of the mindset that it should be most deserving. Your resume is nice, but if you're not playing the best football when it matters most, Michigan provides a much stiffer challenge for the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world uh, than Notre Dame does. And if we're looking at other teams, Oklahoma and West Virginia, they may beat each other up. Oklahoma stands no chance against any of these teams because they can't get a stop. They can't get a stop against a good high school team right now. And while the Sooners are fun to watch with Kyler Murray, I hope the Big 12 cannibalizes itself and you get Oklahoma to lose in Morgantown in the final week of the regular season, and then you get Oklahoma to follow that up with a win in the conference championship. Outstanding stuff as always. Go follow him on Twitter. He's at Todd Furman. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.